and Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. up there that I haven't seen for a long time. Someone was saying we don't even need greeters on a morning like this. It's so bright out there to begin with. Good to see you all. Happy to be with you. Part of my routine on my time off in Scapoose every week is to go kayaking. and I go regardless of the weather every week just as a break from the other work I do out there. A week ago, right after our snow event, and Scapoose had a bit more snow than here, I went out on a Friday morning. It was 34 degrees. There was still snow on the side of the river. And it was foggy, thick fog. And it was almost mystical going down the river. Um, you could see just outlines of trees once in a while, and then they'd fade away again. It was really beautiful in its own um, unique and very isolating kind of a way. And I was thinking that that's a bit of an image for what our human lives are like a lot of the time. We're kind of in a fog. You know, it's like we don't really see clearly what's going on. A lot of stuff doesn't make sense at the time, but we get little glimpses once in a while. And I wonder if that isn't what the transfiguration is all about as well. The disciples also went through life in kind of a fog, even as close as they were to Jesus as they were. They didn't understand what he was talking about much of the time, but with the transfiguration, they got this glimpse all of a sudden, it was like the curtains were pulled back, and he said, whoa, that's what this is all about. And then the cloud came right back. Did you remember that in the reading? It said, and the cloud came right back over them. So once again, they were in the fog again. But at least they had that experience to look back on and to remember who Jesus really was, especially in the times that they had to go through watching Jesus be crucified. So hold on to that imagery for a minute as I go a little different direction right now. Last week, Father Hans, in his homily, talked a bit about this book that we're reading during Lent, The Prodigal God. And he talked about the two lost sons in the story of the prodigal son, both of whom were caught up in a kind of pride. Both were seeking a kind of self-sufficiency, an effort to control God, to figure out their own way, asserting their own way beyond what was appropriate. What I found most compelling about the writing, especially in the center couple chapters in that book, was the way he talked about the elder son. And remember, this parable was addressed to Pharisees. And the Pharisees were the super-religious at that time. They weren't evil people. I think sometimes we misunderstand that. They would be the ones who would insist, insist on coming to Mass at 9.30 and then going to the beach afterwards. Um, they took this really seriously. They followed all the rules. They were trying to honor God with their lives. Where they went wrong, however, is they thought that because they did all of those things, God owed them something in return. That's a really common 
and natural and easy pattern to get into, even though it's not healthy and it's not mature with our spirituality. We think that if we try to live a good life, if we try to do the things that we believe God has called us to do, if we say our prayers, that God owes us something too, that we should be spared certain things, that our prayers should be answered, that we should get a ticket to heaven. It doesn't quite work like that. So think about this for a moment. Because you came to Mass this morning, if you were to, after making heroic sacrifice by being here at Mass and then going to the beach, and then you get a speeding ticket on Highway 26, is there something wrong with that picture? Does that feel unfair, kind of? Or let's do the inverse of that. What if you skipped Mass today to go to the beach and you got in a wreck on the way to the beach? How many of you wouldn't begin wondering, kind of in the back of your mind, ooh, maybe God's punishing me for skipping Mass? Well, neither of those is true. But in both of those ways, we can kind of play that game with us. And that's a distortion of what our faith is all about. God never promised any of us that he would spare us from troubles. He never promised that he would elevate us above our humanness any more than Jesus himself was elevated among humanness. But what God did promise is that no matter what we go through, he'll be with us, and he will provide for us what we need. See the difference there? It's a really important difference. And I think so often we tend to revert back, and I do my share of this myself, thinking that because we've done certain things, God should act in a certain way. The Pharisees were caught in that. And they were angry and they were upset when Jesus started blasting away their concept of what was fair from God. So if you saw the signboard, the title this weekend is When God Misbehaves. Obviously, that's a little bit in jest here. But the Pharisees thought that God was misbehaving by the way he was treating people fairly that they didn't think should be treated in the same way that they were because they should get something better because of all they had done for God. So let's bring that now to the story of Abraham and Isaac. Really difficult story in the Bible. Abraham being asked to sacrifice his son. So this is a story of faith. And listen how it puts together. This is from the 22nd chapter of Genesis, if you want to read the whole chapter. And in there, we actually skipped a couple paragraphs in the part that we have selected for us to read at Mass. And as Isaac and his dad were climbing the mountain for the sacrifice, Isaac was asking him, Dad, I see we've got the wood, I see we've got everything here, but where's the lamb we're going to sacrifice? And these were Abraham's words. God will provide. Those are key words in this story. And Abraham, as we know, was very old at this time. He'd had a lot of experience walking with God. And Abraham knew from past experience that when he has to do difficult things, God has always provided for him. So another piece in this story that I find really interesting, Isaac was about 12 when he went through this whole experience. Abraham had another son. Ishmael, whom he'd had earlier in life, not with his wife, but with one of the slave women, and this was an accepted practice in the time. Through a bizarre series of circumstances, 
and because of domestic unrest, to put it mildly, Abraham was asked to send Ishmael, his previous son, and Ishmael's mom out into the desert. But God made this promise to him that God would provide for them and would not let any harm come to them. So Abraham had experience with God calling him to do difficult things, and Abraham had experience with God following through with his promises. So I think that's why Abraham is considered our father of faith and why Abraham walked with trust and with confidence during hard times. I'm 65 years old. I've walked with the Lord a lot of years now. And I can also, at this point in my life, walk with a kind of confidence and trust. As I look back on the lowest times in my own life, the darkest times in my life, I've been able to see repeatedly that God provides. Oftentimes, at the time, I couldn't see that. But looking back, I could be almost amazed and saying, wow, God really did provide what I needed. Even as I was preparing this homily, I was thinking about that. And I was thinking of some of the unique ways that God entered into my life through people um, in those low moments. Some of those are my best friends now, um, mysteriously brought into my life at a hard time to support me and to be what God needed to provide me with to carry through. So I trust in that at this point. And although I'm shaken sometimes in my faith too, and although most of the time I also am walking through fog and just seeing bits and pieces of how things fit together, I do trust and I have confidence that God is at work and that God does provide. So, if you're here this morning going through a really dark time, I want to assure you that God is providing. You might not see it now, but God is providing. Hold on to that. And if you're here and you're going through good times right now, things are going pretty well, I challenge you to be really, really alert to people in your families, your neighborhoods, schools, workplaces that are struggling right now and reach out. Provide for them, because that's how God works. That's how God needs us to be a part of his work and his plan. So we have a choice, folks. When we go through those really foggy times, if we're going to give in to doubt and discouragement and bargaining with God, or if we're going to live trustingly that God will provide. Again, we're not spared the troubles, but God promises in everything he will be with us. So as we pray our Mass together today, let's allow God's presence to permeate deep within us to give us that strength of trust and confidence as we walk forward knowing that no matter what we face in our lives, God will provide. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more on our parish website at h-t.org. 
we hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel or try and join us for Mass if you're local. Again, all the information will be on h-t.org.